0: This is the Kamloops Insider with Parker Bennett. Hey, good day, and welcome to the Camloops Insider podcast. Today we have a very special guest. His name is Bernard Imel. He's here from Paragon. Per- Paragon?
1: Paragon.
0: Paragon Mortgage and Lifecycle Financial. That's right. Hey, welcome, Bernard. How are you doing?
1: Fantastic. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: No, I appreciate you coming on the show. Just to give you a little background on the podcast. It's a pretty leisure podcast. You can kind of just speak at will, but it is a family show, Bernard. So we got to tone
1: down the profanity. I'll tone turn it, down it off. The I'll turn it off. I'll turn it off completely. Okay. No. All good.
0: Um, Bernard, tell me a little bit about your background.
1: So I grew up in 100 mile house. My foster dad was a financial advisor and I fought him on coming into the family business. So I went off and became a mortgage broker, uh, And then six years later, I caved and I got dual licensed as a financial advisor as well. And so now it's been eight years in the business and I've had a great time. Bought my first rental property when I was 20. And I just have always had a real deep passion for real estate and investing.
0: Cool. That's something probably we share in in our uh, passions in the world of real estate. Um, Let me ask you something. When you wake up in the morning... Like, what drives you to get out of bed?
1: I have a little sign on my wall in my bedroom, and it basically says that success is your duty. Because I didn't grow up in the most favorable family environment, and so I was supposed to be a statistic. So one phrase that has always followed me was be the exception. So instead of being a statistic, I wanted to be the exception because until your cup is full, you can never give back to others. And so I just wanted to lead the way with that and keep my cup full and also be able to give back to others. <laughs> Knowledge, money, time, you name it. Nice.
0: If if I was listening to this podcast and not actually standing in here, I would think you pre-wrote that down and, and had that rehearsed. but Everything's can... a script, man. I'm pretty much a robot. <laughs> nice. Um, okay, so... Emma did a little bit of fact-checking on you. We Ooh. wanted to see if we can dig up some dirt on you. Ooh, should I be worried? And we noticed that uh, you were, I don't know if it was elected or or chosen from the Mortgage Professionals of Canada to be notified as the Young Gun Top 35 Under 35.
1: That's right. Not to disclose my age or anything like that, but yeah, that was a pretty proud uh, Nice. Pretty proud thing. So from the, from the me.
0: rest of this podcast, you're going to be known as Young Gun
1: Bernard. Oh, thanks, man.
0: Okay, so the the topic of the podcast today is our forecast for 2018. And although if you're listening to these podcasts on a regular basis, you're going to hear me talk about it. But I want to hear what your thoughts are going into the B20 regulatory rule change of 2018, January 1st. Um, Tell us a little bit about what that B20 change is.
1: So basically what the change is, is if you have 20% down payment, or you're refinancing your house to consolidate debt, or you're refinancing just to put a home equity line of credit on your house, your borrowing power is going to be reduced by 20%. So I think the unspoken thing of the government is that they're trying to control the housing prices in Vancouver and Toronto. And what they fail to realize is that there are a lot of stable economies, like Kamloops, for example, across the country uh, that may not need Big Brother over their shoulder regulating every single step of the way.
0: Right, yeah, we're going to be definitely affected regardless of whether we're in the sights of the you know federal government and the policy change. It, it's obvious to me that federally they're preparing for some sort of corrective measure moving into 2018. Like they feel that the housing prices are getting out of hand and that inflation rate is going above and beyond what they feel comfortable with. And on one hand, you can look at the, the states and say, you know, maybe they wouldn't have taken these corrective measures back in 2005, five, two thousand leading into the 2006, 2007, thousand seven, eight boom that turned into like the housing crisis of of our lifetime. And in Canada didn't really get affected and hurt by that as much. So in some cases we would appreciate, you could appreciate looking back that these sort of implications have been pushed forward um, so that we don't have a crash in our housing market. But on the flip side of that, if you don't feel like we're really vulnerable to a crash, then maybe these, these might be a little strict in nature.
1: So let me give you a few examples here. So basically in 2006, your average mortgage rate was about 5%. And you could amortize, that's how long you stretch out the loan for how long it's going to take you to pay it off. You could amortize it over 40 years. Let's fast forward to 2016, where the first B20 rules came out. Throughout that time, the government, all the average rate dropped down to about 2.5% last year, but the government already took measures and slowly reduced that amortization down to 25 years. Right. So if you compare that rate in 2016 with a 25-year amortization, with the higher rate, twice as high of a rate in 2006, with the longer amortization, the borrowing power was actually exactly the same. So last year, the government chopped out 20% of buying power if you had less than 20% down, and this year, they're chopping out 20% of buying power, or borrowing power, I should say, if you have 20% down or more. So it's basically a fifth of the market. Right. And so I'll kind of circle back here when I talked about State how the unspoken thing in from a few things that I've been reading, the government trying to control Vancouver and Toronto housing prices. So Kamloops, for example, has a very diverse economy. Um, some of our largest employers we have healthcare, Interior Health, um, the school district follows with a few thousand employees there. We have diverse mining with uh, Highland Valley Copper, just a little ways out of town, and also New Gold, and knock on wood. Let's see if Aston Mine gets approved in their final stages in the environmental. But we also have a very thriving university, Thompson Rivers University, that's attracting a lot of international students and perhaps a lot of international buyers as well. They have a new development there right on campus that could be appealing. Uh, The city of Kamloops uh, employs probably about 750, 800 people. Um, We have BC Lottery Corporation, the main sublet office from the office that's in Vancouver here as well, CN Rail employs quite a few people, Domtar we have, uh, it's a mill in town here, and uh, we're attracting a larger casino like Cascades Casino, so very diverse economy and also one final thing, the technology sector is booming here. Earlier this year I went to the Tech Awards which is normally hosted in a bigger center like Vancouver, but we hosted it in our very own Kamloops, British Columbia. So mining technology, government healthcare, schooling, Kamloops has been stable and we have a lot of legs to stand on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you grew up in the eighties generation, you sort of assumed that Kamloops was a pulp mill town and maybe forestry. Now we've kind of diversified that a little bit. Our university's grown like incredible amounts since the old Caribou College days. I think you failed to mention one thing. Kansas is a really damn nice place to live.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Right, We have
0: we have some of the best weather in BC. We we do have seasons. So we have a, a winter season, where it's not just like a kind of a droopy coastal rain that stretches between, you know, September and, and May. Um, it gets a little chilly, but I would say if you compare that to Prince George or some of the bigger northern communities, it's fairly mild. We have lakes that are either end of our city with Shuswap Camus Lake, Camus Lake, getting a lot of traction with Tobiano, the river, which is a pretty nice place to hang out on a summer day. And, and we have a lot of, we have a lot of like tourism and eco stuff that we can do, you know, hunting, fishing, downhill biking is really big. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of stuff going on here, um, for tourism and, and people to come into town.
1: Absolutely. I think Sun Peaks is, uh, one of the, that- the top ski resorts in North America, number two in North America.
0: Yeah. We poached them out of there.
1: So absolutely. Yeah. And I'm actually getting into mountain biking. Didn't realize that we have the, the holy land of mountain biking yeah, across no. North America. where the envy of that. Okay. So
0: it's fair to summarize that we got a pretty damn good place to live. And if you're listening to this and you don't know where Canlips is, like you, you're probably on the wrong podcast, right? Absolutely. We have a diverse economy. We got, we got some features that really stabilize our community. Um, and housing has never really been suspect of a problem. Our inflation rate on our housing prices hasn't been as big as the lower mainland or, or Toronto, Mississauga area where there's been great amounts of growth. Let's look at January 2018. We're going to flip the script and people are going to be made aware of this new... B20 rule implication, the second phase of it, so to speak. Um, What do you think is going to happen? Are we going to have consistent January, February numbers? Are we going to have lower than normal numbers? What's your take on that?
1: So I really think the government should have waited at least another year to see what the implications were of last year's rule changes and last year of October. So I don't know if we're really going to see that happen right away, Um, I'm a bit of a nerd, so here's a couple of stats for you. Say somebody has $55,000 worth of income, and they have an $80,000 down payment. In these next 60 days, they can go out and they can go buy their house for $400,000, providing that they have no other debts and good credit, right? On January 1st, 2018, they're going to need a 20% income raise. Let's see if their boss gives them that. Or they're going to have to put eighty-five percent down, like more compared to what they have to put down now. It's one hundred and forty-eight thousand compared to uh, the eighty thousand that they had before. So it's almost double. Right. So I've just been watching. There's a really good realtor who sends me awesome stats. The Parker Bennett Real Estate Corporation, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think our median price right now is about four hundred thousand. So that's why I use that number.
0: Right. So my take on the whole system is that it's going to be tough to get into the market or let's change that a little bit. The lower end market, like the apartments, the townhouses, as opposed to the single family dwellings that have, you know, land freehold land attached to it. Those might become a bit of a commodity and desire, right? But if you're already in a house and you've been in the housing market for the last four or five years, there's going to be enough equity in your sale that you're probably not going to have difficulties making a move in the real estate world. Like if you're moving from a townhouse, a single family dwelling to a different one, but you may not be ready for the diminished equity that you're going to buy into. Like, like, like if you were thinking you were going to come out of a $400,000 townhouse and jump into a five fifty house, you might be taking a step sideways as opposed to a
1: step ahead. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, we, the new the existing rules right now fifty five thousand household income, to buy that four hundred thousand dollar place with twenty percent down after January first it's going to be sixty six. I think there's a lot of families in Kamloops that have more than sixty six thousand of household income. Yep. Mind you, that is considering the fact that there is no vehicle payments or student loan payments. Um, but you know, let's take let's go back to those employers that I listed off before, right? A nurse and a firefighter from you know, the city of Kamloops and an interior health employee, yep. you're probably at $150,000 right there. It's not really going to affect them that much. And it, it won't really affect first-time buyers either who don't have 20% because that rule change already happened last year. Right. So overall, I think Kamloops is just going to continue to be stable, um, maybe have a slight increase. Uh, I think from last year to this year, you correct me if I'm wrong, I think the median price went up by about 10%. So perhaps it doesn't go up that high. Yeah. But I think... From other articles, Camps has been the number one most desirable place to live and invest. Low vacancy rates, there's a huge demand for yep. rental properties. Um, yeah, so. yeah, I just got
0: my, my yearly edition of the Canadian Investor magazine, which basically had, it doesn't really break down like top 10 communities or whatever, but it does break down each community in each um, province. And I think Camus was in there as like one of the top ones in, in BC. I think Port Coquitlam was actually the most desirable place to invest in now for the future. Interesting. For whatever reason, I think water had something to do with it and basically median price there had been missed by some of the lower mainland market, but Camus was definitely in there. Sahali was the identified subdivision in there with the most potential. And I think that kind of wraps around TRU.
1: Interesting. Yeah.
0: So, Let's just get a bit of fact-checking here from Emma. Just bring us up the 26, 20... Let's go 2017 in a rolling 12 months. So, like, go back to, like, this time last year. How many single-family dwellings were sold in Kamloops alone? And then let's make... Let's make... Let's both make an estimate as to what we think the, the next year is going to look like. Um, and then we can come meet back here this time in 12 months... And we could make him a wager or whatever and see who's or in January, who, who's right? buying the beer this week. Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, because I my true gut feeling is that the market is gonna shift, but I don't think it's gonna shift enough to make a significant difference. You know, here's another aspect that we haven't discussed. Five years ago, we didn't really have a market for eight and nine hundred thousand dollar houses. Mm-hmm. That market was It just didn't exist. If if you had a house, and I remember a house in my subdivision that was an executive 4,500 square foot updated great layout house on 20 acres in the city limits with city water and city sewer. And the price tag was $8.99. There was probably 50 or 60 different showings of that property that had feedback that was all like, this is a good deal. But that house struggled to sell. Now, and when it did sell, it sold for full price. It, mm. it wasn't like someone was trying to lowball them. But in this market, that house wouldn't last more than an afternoon because there is a market for, for $700,000, $800,000, $900,000 properties. And I think that has a bit of influence in a lot of people leaving the lower mainland, selling a single family dwelling, maybe 30, 40 years old for seven and $800,000 on a, you know, a nickel dime kind of lot in a city dwelling. And then suburbanite Vancouver guy moves to Kamloops and has the ability to live a much bigger household lifestyle on the same sort of living conditions they were, they were, you know. Okay. We have a stat. 420. 420 single family dwelling cells.
1: That was in 2007, no. January, 2017.
0: Um, single family sales, 1,138
1: Yeah. year. One thousand. So yeah, that's, one thousand one hundred and thirty-eight last year. Yeah,
0: somewhere between Predicting 11 and 12. what's going to
1: happen when we tally the results for two thousand seventeen here.
0: Yeah. So one thousand
1: one hundred thirty-eight.
0: Eleven thirty-eight, single-family dwelling sales inside city limits in the last twelve months. I'm going to take a stab at saying we're going to be over a thousand, but we're probably going to be under that number. So I'll just take a stab at it. You got to f- put a number 1, on it. thousand fifty single-family dwelling sales in the next 12 rolling months.
1: Okay. I'm going to say 1150. Wow. You're going up. <laughs> I'm going up. Well, I'm man, an I, optimist, man. I'm an optimist.
0: I hope you're right. <laughs> I really do. Cause I'm pretty sure I'll get a piece of that pie as well. <laughs> That's right. But now that we're on the podcast and that has been stated, there is like, there's a six pack of beer on this, on this
1: bet. On the line. Okay. That's so right, yeah.
0: November 1st, 2018, <laughs> There's gonna be a six pack of beer in here, and it's gonna be either, what beer do you drink, Bernard?
1: Canadian. Okay, obviously. so,
0: Canadian, there'll be a Canadian, if there's six Canadian in here, it's because I lost. <laughs> there'll be six buds in here if I won. I'll
1: be coming to collect. I'll be coming to collect.
0: There you go. Well, Bernard, any closing thoughts on this uh, B20 kind of rule change or what you forecast for 2018?
1: My main thought would be if you're thinking about consolidating debt, do it now. Or if you're thinking about putting that limit of a home equity line of credit on your house, do it now as well.
0: Right. I think my closing thought would be, you know, if you're, if you're dabbling with the idea you want to enter the market, or if you're dabbling about making a change because you've been in a townhouse for the last four years and you wanted to pump into a single family detached home, you got to do it now. And the market's good. We're selling houses into November like, like it would be in a, in a regular March mm-hmm. because the inventory levels are so low. So I think I checked earlier this week a single family dwelling between 350 and 380 in Kamloops anywhere. I think No, actually, I think we broke it down to Brock and West. I think it was like 20 houses for sale. Wow. That's, that's an unreal number. There should be more like 60 or 70. Wow. So if you're, if you're thinking about making a change, do it now and get out of your house that you're into and get into a new property before J1. Um, Or if you're thinking about making a shift, I still think there's enough time to get, you know, your townhouse or your apartment or, or if you're moving from subdivision to subdivision to still get your product out there, get it sold, you know, 22, 23 days. That's right. In the seller's market. Yeah. Take advantage of the seller's market. Get into that new property.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Bernard, it was great having you on here. I appreciate it. And I hope you have you back here another time real soon. Well definitely November first, twenty eighteen, when you bring me my six pack. Yeah, beer. I look
1: forward to drinking my beers when I come back.
0: Cheers, man. Thanks for being here, man.
1: Okay. Good. Thanks for having me.